Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one's awesome. It is with Erica Robbie. You might know her as Blue Smoke Blair. And just to start this off, if you're listening to this on the podcast side, I'd jump over to the YouTube side because I don't think I've interviewed anyone that smiled as much as she has. And it's just, it's engaging and wonderful and infectious. And so that alone, if you're having a bad day, watch this. You'll definitely enjoy this and you'll enjoy her journey. Her journey takes her from Ohio to New Jersey to law school to being a public defender to California for wine school to Arkansas for the test to become a sommelier. She is a sommelier, which in its own right is amazing. She used that wine knowledge to work at a restaurant in Oakville and in Napa, then moved down to San Diego when that uh, winery closed met her husband, who she has a child with, and it was during that time that she made the transition to barbecue. As she was just talking to her father about barbecuing, he wanted to open a food truck. She ended up taking a class by Harry Sue, and that propelled her towards the competition side. And through that, she ended up connecting with the Food Network and found herself on a show called Masters of Q. Oh, and by the way, she won this. She was on Team Bobby Flay, and she won Master of Q, which is so killer and through that because she was getting more noticed and she was getting more notoriety she wanted to use that for good and to spread the love of small restaurants and small barbecue joints and that's how she got connected to the smoke sheet ryan and sean at the smoke sheet and connor at on three media and i have a list here i wanted to find out because coming up this summer are episodes of the pit stop with blue smoke blair and they focus their trip recently on Houston, and this is the non-train to get to know who Erica is, and she touches on at the end about that trip to Houston, and I wanted to note, I'm going to be reading off a piece of paper, the core group of people that were on that trip, because this was a massive trip, and if you follow them on social media or go back through their social media, you can see all the different places that they stopped at, 17 barbecue joints, but the core group was the guys from the smoke sheet, Sean and Ryan, as well as Y Chan, Amanda Rumel, and Alan Rumel. I hope I'm pronouncing their name correctly. Then joining them was Catherine and Justin Myers from Born Brand Hot Sauces, Josh Swoop, who's also known as at Pops Post, if you follow him on Instagram, Tom Wynn, who everyone probably knows as Hirotoshi Mugen, I think is his last name. I, I interviewed him and I can't even pronounce his last name. I apologize. Gabe Ramirez, who's also known as Cole Hearted Barbecue. Aki Kinanin, who I'm pronouncing his last name terribly. He's from Finland. He has a barbecue place called Miller's in, in Finland. He was working at Fijis at the time. John and Brenda Brotherton, JC Reed, Nick Rama, and Lance King. They jo- joined them at a couple spots. So it was, it was a lot of she, uh, Erica mentions a lot of crossover people coming in, kinship fellowship and then also Darren Lafferty who is white beer photographer and also works with Connor on Casa Good Told. He and his wife joined them for a few spots as well as Joey Garcia and document this and filming this and making sure everything was right was Connor Moran who is uh, putting together the pieces that they'll be releasing this summer. So that's long and winded but I want to name all those people specifically because it just shows what the barbecue family is all about. So I will stop this and I will jump right into the interview with Erica. You're gonna love it. You're going to learn a whole lot about her. So that way, when you do watch the episodes of the Pit Stop over the summer, you'll know more about her. So if you're enjoying these, please subscribe. That way you don't miss out. I have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com. But in the end, stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. Good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's so good to talk to you. And it's, first off, you're definitely someone that I've wanted to talk to for a while because of your enthusiasm and you're inspiring and your smile you're it's it's contagious and in this day and age we need all that 
we need right? all the, the levity and like you know not taking ourselves seriously all the time like doing th- serious things but realizing that life so how how are you right now how is your mindset right now I'm good like things have just really been panning out so I'm just like okay like it's it's working things are starting to fall into place like your hustle and you know your perseverance it's it's paying off uh-huh it's, and so it's I'm feeling good sometimes it doesn't feel like it is and it's how long how but how so okay you're first off you're are you in Dayton Ohio and are you from Ohio I I'm in Yellow Springs Ohio it's Yellow right Springs. outside of okay. Dayton and yeah this is where I'm from I went to college here Okay. so elementary school yeah do you know how do you know where london ohio is i do okay. i have a good friend from like that i've known since i was 14 she was from she always said i'm from london ohio and i'm like oh she, okay i think i have a few exes from there so <laughs> a few <laughs> won't be going anytime soon okay so you're not going but she could go if she wants to go i'll send her to this video so that way she most she wanted like, somebody uh, she's like hi i know some of those she was she moved like her. her family moved a long long time ago out to you know to los angeles but uh, oh, so lucky what, her. Wow. What, what was it like growing up in ohio what is ohio like for most people um, that haven't been to ohio yeah so it's so weird but like growing up like there was i mean there was always the air force base my parents were air force so that's why we got brought here it was just like simple i i can't explain it more than like it is ultimate midwestern here and i guess i kind of took it for granted like people are just they're just they're very straightforward they're very like work hard be a good human be nice to people like it's always it's always been like that and lots of country folk and stuff like that and then now after coming back because I couldn't wait to leave of course you know I was like I'm going to the big city I'm gonna do this I'm never coming back to Ohio um and then all of a sudden I realized after traveling everywhere like I love Ohio and I, I miss I miss Ohio people um but now there's a lot of industry coming here there's so much stuff that wasn't here when I was a kid or even when I was in college sense. and so now but now we're getting like people from outside so now we're getting like good uh, restaurants and yeah and there's traffic there, there's never been traffic like and what is, what is what is traffic for you yeah like the worst oh it's definitely no traffic like where you have but like the worst thing you could ever get is like you were stuck behind a tractor yeah. or you got stuck behind like a horse and buggy but now there's actually like traffic you know there's no parking and you've i'm just kind stuck of behind a horse and buggy before in your life i've never been stuck are you serious horse. you haven't never, no. only like in movies have i seen that <laughs> no um so uh, like a little bit about an hour outside of where I was raised, that's the Amish community. Amish, yeah, that's what I was mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, like that's no thing for me. Like I, I see I see a horse and a buggy. I don't think anything. I'm just like, did, like you, did, did you guys ever go, this is so off topic, but did you go there to get wares and things? Like where, because I know people get blankets and furniture. Everything. And the best fried chicken you'll ever have. Like <laughs> amazing. So there's, they have auctions for items. They have sales. You can get, I mean, I've literally gotten everything from the Amish. Uh, furniture, furniture is amazing. Mm-hmm, if you get real, real Amish furniture, if you buy a piece, you'll never, you'll, it'll never break on you. And you'll have that for generations, like wow, legit. That's, that's neat. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's reason enough. Cause, but isn't, is Ohio 
the Amish country, like as most Amish country in Ohio. Like this is so. Uh, I think it's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, that's like what it is. Pennsylvania, yeah, that's why it's Kentucky, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's that's. It. So then, so when you said you went to the big city, what was the big city for you? Where was the big city? Yeah. So the first big city, I went to uh, Camden, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia, okay. and so that was a huge culture shock for me I was just like what you know I walked to school one time and there was gang members on the street and so I'm just like dee, 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 dee. and they like start blinking at me all weird and I'm like why are they blinking at me and then I realized like he has like his gang tattoos on his eyelids oh. and he's like he's like I guess he was threatening me or something I had no idea but so I freaked out. I ran all the way to law school. And then I was like trying to get people to get me a ride to go back to my apartment because I was so scared. And then like I told my mom, like I was like, I think I got marked for death. Um, <laughs> for death. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't even know if I can like go to school anymore because I can't walk there. I was like picking out oh like God. what I what I wanted at my funeral, like. <laughs> Wow, that is what a reaction you had. Did you ever see that person ever again? Did you ever? I never saw. I never saw him again. But like, well, I did see him one time. But I saw like a bunch of others. And then I used to volunteer at the courthouse, so I would walk to the courthouse too. And there was always like this line in front of the store. So I'm thinking to myself, I thought it was a grocery store. So I'm like, oh, you know, people are lining up like every day that I'm out there because they're like they're getting their groceries, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until a year later, I found out it was a methadone clinic. And I'm just oh. like, I was like, oh my God, like, this is not Ohio. I'm not in Ohio. No, no. <laughs> I'm not in Ohio anymore. But I got like battle tough. And, no, you know, that's important. After- it's important that you experience that. Did you, from there, because you were, so did you want to, is that what you wanted to become was an attorney or? Yeah. So I, I was like, after college, it was my parents were like either med school or law school. You you have your choice of those two. Because at first I was like, no, I want to be a news reporter. Then I was like, no, I you know I want to run a restaurant and stuff like that. And they're like, nah, girl, you need to make some money. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that sounds <laughs> typical parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it was really good because seeing all that and living in Camden, New Jersey, and just like understanding you know, a whole different side of the U.S. and the world, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do public interest, I'm going to do criminal defense, and because I did that in law school, I represented juveniles, and I saw how they got railroaded, and I, I experienced, like, personally, I experienced the injustice because I was fighting for these kids, and, you know, all kids make mistakes. Psychologically, their brain isn't even fully developed yet, and I saw that, like, these judges, the prosecutors, and to they navigate the legal system is yeah, and like these kids, would, these kids would show up to court by themselves, no parents, no support, no family, no nothing. Oh and so I was just like, no, I'm like, what can I do to fix this or make this better? Like, how can I fight for these children? How can I do that? So it gave me a lot of empathy. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do corporate law. I don't want to do any of that stuff. If I'm gonna be a lawyer, like. I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand up for kids and try to help them like oh, get off the path that they're on. So after that, then it was like 2008 when I graduated and you know, like the world was in like yeah, the that financial was the, collapse. 
one of the <laughs> and one of the things we've lived through yes that was <laughs> and that was right when I was graduating so now I'm like studying for the bar exam I moved down to Miami Florida I have tons of family there so oh. it was super exciting uh, me and my cousin my little 18 year old cousin we're both like dee, 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 we're in Miami <laughs> um, and so and well, that must have been a lot of fun oh I the stories I can tell my children <laughs> I can't wait uh, they will never be able to they will never be able to pull anything past me <laughs> of course. But, so it was it was great but then nobody was hiring and I'm like oh my god I have student loans that are going to be due very soon like I'm going to start paying on these yeah. and so I'm just like freaking out and so I knew I wanted to work at the public defender's office in Miami so I was like I'm just going to start volunteering there and then I'm going to work another job to like pay my bills so I would go and volunteer in the morning and then I would drive like an hour and a half to a document review job so I could, you know, uh, keep yeah. going in. And then I'm also like studying for the bar exam at the same time. So I had like no life. I would sleep in my car because like to the traffic in Miami, I would not oh. be able to get back to my apartment and to my new, to my job in time. So I would just like pull over somewhere like Kmart was my jam. And I would, <laughs> so I had like one tree that I would just like drive under and I would just like conk out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you ever get stopped? Did anybody ever knock on your window? Nobody like, ever bothered cool. me. Like they're probably like this poor child, like <laughs> <laughs> they knew they could so, see. Yeah. So I did that. And then finally the public defender's office, they were like, okay, we're going to start doing interviews. You've been selected for an interview. And so I'm like, prepping for it I'm doing everything that I can because I really wanted it and so I go in there and I'm just like I just I kill it like I, I go in there like I'm going to trial like <laughs> and I kill it and they offered me the job basically on the spot and I was so excited I knew my career was starting and then I found out that there was like 270 applicants and they only had one spot and I got oh it oh my gosh yeah I mean, and I, I wish I'd never known that because the fear like <laughs> no uh... <laughs> Wait, so did you get, you got that job then? I got the job. Oh, oh that's awesome. So that's I was awesome. just like, like, you couldn't tell me anything. I like took my little, my little bit of money I had. I went to Brooks Brothers and like <laughs> bought like little suits for myself. So I'd look official. But, but what yes, was so that like at being a public defender? And is that, was that? It was great. It was great for a time. So I got to work with the juveniles and I never wanted to leave that. Like if they could have just kept me in the juvenile court, I would probably still be there today. And I loved it. And I loved going to trial. We would roll like two trials back to back on a day, you know, the stress, but there was also underfunding. So, you know, I was going out doing my own investigations with my coworkers. Oh my God. So we would go, we would go to the crime scenes. We would canvas neighborhoods trying to find witnesses. Like, I mean, we did some crazy stuff. I would never recommend doing. Yeah. But, but you thought it was necessary to. It was necessary. Adequately, you know, defend yeah, somebody. And, and you know that these, you know that these kids don't have anybody and the stories you were hearing of what these kids were going through, even like at the age of 12, what they had been through, you were like, no, I'm going to ride for you. Like, I got this. Like, even wow. if, even if it's trying to settle a case and get you the services you need, whatever we can do to like, get you off this path, I'm not going to not do the work. Wow. And that so is that was, so... that was amazing. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And then I got called up to the big leagues doing felonies and I was like, okay, you know, I want to do like a murder trial or I want to do death penalty. Like, let's do it. Let's go. And so I was like getting like, I was getting cases, but then nobody wanted to really go to trial or, you know, cause they're facing significant prison time. Yeah. So they um, plead or something. Or... 
Yeah. So, you know, they want to plea out and stuff. Even if they did have a great case and they were innocent, they were so scared that they were like, no, I want to, I want to plea out. Yeah. I because the odds there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And especially, you know, when you're indigent, you're poor. So you're not, you're not really having faith in me as an attorney because I'm your free attorney in it. Yeah, public assume, defenders yeah. have the worst, public defenders have like the worst rep. And yeah, there are some bad ones, but there's so much talent. Most of the amazing private trial attorneys that are commanding millions of dollars started out as public deter- mm-hmm. public defenders. So, you know, but people don't realize that they don't want you in the struggle. Well, public defender <laughs> and, it, and it, it's depicted on TV as a- Horribly, horribly. <laughs> but it was, so, and, and you know, everybody in the office was really young too. So you're seeing these little kids who are like green and they come squeaking up to you in court saying that they want to represent you. And you're just like, uh, no, Doogie Hauser, get your dad. <laughs> but they also want to work hard. Like it's something that they have drive, like yes. you have enthusiasm. Yeah. It seems like you've had enthusiasm your whole life, but. <laughs> yeah. So they were just, they were kind of like, okay. And then one day I was walking back, one of my, one of my cases had settled and I had prepped for trial and I was so bummed out and I'm walking down the hallway and one of the older senior attorneys, he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to just do some, do some depot prep and I'm going to head over to the jail uh, to go talk to people. And um, he was like, do you want to jump in on this trial with me? It starts in an hour. And he's like, you could be second chair. So I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like, he's like, it's a double murder. And I was like, yes, I'm I'm there. I'm like, let me see the file. I got this. And so we went into, it's called rock court and it's repeat, it's short for repeat offender court. And these are people that, you know, they're probably going to go away for life. If they're found guilty of anything, they're going away for life. So I'm like reading over the file and it's this young kid. He's like 22 and he's facing, he's facing life. Like double and I was just like oh no and then I started like going over the file and I realized he didn't do it and that was even that was the worst feeling because now it's like oh no like this guy he's innocent like he didn't do it and I was just like I was like no we gotta we gotta go all in and so that case like I fought I did everything I could and he was so sweet and he and he was just like you know what he's like he's like, I just like, thank you. He's like, whatever happens, just thank you. He's like, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'll be, I'll be okay. Whatever happens, I'll be wow. okay. Wow. And that made me feel terrible. Cause I'm like, no, don't give up. Yeah. You don't give up right now. And so the jury was deliberating. And one of the things that I realized when I was looking at um, the jury sheet is like, if they look up top, that's a not guilty. But if they start reading from like the bottom of the page, that's guilty. So when, when the foreman gets up and he starts reading the verdict, I'm like looking at his eyes, like, oh my God, where is he looking? Where is he looking? Where is he looking? Yeah. And I saw that he was was about to start reading from the top of the page and I just started crying. Like I was just like, I was like, okay. And you changed his life. You changed the course of his life. And And he's a great guy still to this day. Like he's amazing. And I just like, and they, when they came over and they uncuffed him because he was free, oh. like we were both like, we were both just like hugging each other and crying. The judge yelled at me. I didn't care, but I was just like, I was like, this is it. And then oh, I because knew, that's, hu- it's humanity. It's, it's, yeah, it's humanity. And I always believe like you never let go of humanity. I don't care for what. Mm-hmm. And um, so and they then, shouldn't, like, and it, he shouldn't have yeah, yet. Like that's, I know there's yeah. like, you know, procedure. Yeah, people, people try to say like emotion is weakness, but it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's being human mm-hmm. and it's being real. 
And like, I knew though, at the same time I was crying because I also knew that my legal career had come to its peak. And I knew that this was also me leaving. Oh, yeah. So, so there's a lot of other pent up emotions that are. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew because I was like, you, you did what you said you were going to do. And now you're either going to go downhill and keep just being in the rat race of pleading people out or, you know, pushing like some bad cases or, you know, you can still, you know, you can still try. And so I walked out of court that day and I think I was like, 20 26 26 or 27 so I walked out I was on the courthouse steps and like I knew like I just I knew instinctively Things it's time changing time, time to do something else didn't well, know how, what do you, how, how do you get from there to to, to barbecue and one other one other quick thing yeah. like this a few seconds this isn't a legal uh, podcast but how do you how do you how do you get the mindset to defend someone that you know is guilty how would you I, I tried to, well, the thing I always did was I tried to get them to acknowledge what they did and then work on the best plea deal for them. Okay. I never took a case to trial in front of a jury or in front of the judge where the person was just like dead guilty. Yeah. Like you try to do everything in your power to work those out because you know that they're going to go up river and you know that they're going to get railroaded and slammed. So it's not in your best interest to take a case to trial where the person is like just dead guilty unless unless they have life. If the only offer on the table is life or it's the death penalty, like you have nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, it's it's interesting, and it's it's interesting too because I recently interviewed a photographer who photographed some guys on death row in Alabama, and he said it was bizarre to you know to photograph someone that in two weeks is going to die. Like gone. it was, it's got yeah. So it's so this there's. And that's, there's a whole world that if you're, if you've never been arrested or you've never, there's you a whole, or, or never been a lawyer or never worked on the courts, you would mm. never know anything about that whole world and that world. And there's people that are just, it's recidivist, like people are just going through that system constantly. And especially if they have no support or no. Well, and then another thing about it is like, people are so quick to say, well, if you didn't do anything, you wouldn't have gotten arrested if you didn't do anything. But then you look at the Innocence Project and you yes. see that DNA yeah. and new science has exonerated so many people yeah. that <laughs> were executed, that were yeah. falsely accused of rape, uh -huh. that you know all these horrible things happened to them. And it wasn't until science got better that they got exonerated. But like, you know, 40 years of their life has been spent behind bars yeah. where they've been getting tortured. An innocent person has been ripped away from their family. They've gotten, I don't even, I'm not even gonna go into what happens in prison, yeah, but yeah. terrible things happen and it's innocent people. And you have eyewitnesses, you have everybody that pointed saying that they were there or that they didn't have an alibi yeah. you could be sitting in your house just watching netflix if nobody can vouch for you that you were there yeah. like you know well, also too like if someone like four <laughs> days from now chances are i probably know the color <clears throat> give me the color of your sweater but someone could say what color was she wearing i could say well it was orange or it was like oh. it was it was great. I mean, have you ever thought you saw one of your friends or somebody you knew and you waved to him and it's not that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like... The brain is a the brain is a funny thing. Well, let's let's get to so so. How did you get on this path then towards? Were you always grilling and cooking and? and I was, was always I was always grilling and cooking with my dad. My dad can throw down like he can make nice. a shoe taste amazing. Uh, nice. He's from New Orleans, and so that was just like something that I grew up. I didn't. Think, yeah, so I didn't think anything of it. 
Um, it was just something we did. And I don't have any siblings. So I got to be like the nice. default, like assistant pit master. In the- <laughs> Uh, but so I didn't really think about it I was just kind of doing my thing and then um, I got into wine when I moved to Tampa and I was going through a divorce like I was in like an awful relationship and I was like this is not this is not my life like this is not gonna be this is not gonna be Erica's future like (laughs) being miserable and like settling for way less than what I deserve and so I I took the chance and I went to wine school in California. Like I bleached my hair, Beyonce blonde, got on a plane, you know, like. <laughs> where, where in California did you go to wine Campbell. School? So I went to the ICC and they, um, they were in Campbell right outside of San Jose. Mm-hmm. So I went there, I studied under like three of the most amazing master sommeliers I've ever met in my life. And I was like, I was like, I just had so much writing on it because, you know, all my friends back in Miami were just like, you're quitting law to like be in wine. Like, awesome. uh, <laughs> okay, girl. and I, so I knew I needed to, I knew I needed to be successful. I knew I needed to pass my exams. I needed to become a Psalm. And uh, so I flew to Arkansas to take my exam because I didn't want to take my exam in California. And if I failed, like have to face everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on a plane, I flew to Arkansas, took the exam, and then they were like, only five of you passed. And I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, this is not a good sign for me. <laughs> Out of how many people? How many people were taking their, like, hot? I think it was like 15. Yeah. I think okay. 15 were there. And so I knew one guy who, who failed immediately. His <laughs> bottle of champagne exploded all over everybody during service. Uh. So I knew he was out. No, that's so not like, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm really only competing against like 14. 14. <laughs> but yeah, so then I passed and I ended up getting a job in Napa and it was amazing. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That's like, let's just slow, slow that this far. Because number two, like, do you know that I have a, a show a show with uh, with Aaron Fegis? Yes. Online? Yeah, because that's I so. I watch it. I love it. And this, we're actually, <laughs> we're recording one in two days. We're recording another. This, I, I, I like look forward to it. I always go over to the YouTube to see. Oh, when that's the, cool. The okay. That's because I feel like wine. <laughs> I, oh, I love wine. And in, in my past life, when I was married, we would go to Los Olivos and to Arroyo Grande and to Napa and Sonoma. Like that was sort of our courtship, learning about wine and and how and how great wine is. And so this is really this is so <laughs> interesting that you would so that so I didn't know you were some. This is I love that I, I love that I didn't know because I did research and I didn't see this. So now, <laughs> where in Napa? Did, what restaurant did you work at? Yeah, so I worked at Durant and Booth, and it was in Oakville, right next to the Oakville Grocery. Yeah, uh, I know, like, I know the Oakville grocery. Okay, that's, so the White House that was right next to it was Durant and Booth, and that's oh, where I worked. How and how how magical is it up there? Right? It's like a weird world. Like people, if you haven't gone, like a lot of people oh, haven't been go. to Santa Barbara from California, from LA, yeah. which is sad. But like going even further, <laughs> Napa and Sonoma, it's it's such a great day trip. I know that I think uh, Andrew from Tales from the Pits, he yep. for his anniversary, they they called it off, they put it off for because of COVID. COVID. And, yeah. But they there's so many great and architecture wise, there's those. It's amazing. It's just they have so much money because they make so much money so they build these beautiful estates and it's <laughs> but there's also these old estates and even oh, going man. to opus opus one like it's such a cool 
So I, my, well, so my walk to work was through the vineyards of Opus to get to work. So I was always like looking like, yeah, it's like that little spaceshipy thing. It's such a, it's like the underground bunker. (laughs) Yeah, it is like a bunker. It's so bizarre, but that's really, oh, that's cool. Okay. So that's, so then that's, so your, that's your food path then, right? That's kind of, okay. So then I ended up, um, the winery ended up closing. And so I moved down to San Diego to become the assistant wine director at the Marriott. So at first I was like their wine girl, just like their wine bartender working my way up. And so at this point, you know, I'm single, like I got my cute little apartment in the East Village, like you can't tell me nothing. And so the good thing about the Marriott, they were like, you can transfer to any property like in the world. Ah. So I'm just like, oh man, I'm going to go to the Ritz in, you know, Macau. Like I'm going to go work there. I'm going to go to London. Like not Did Ohio. you? No. So what happens is literally, <laughs> literally like the first week I meet my future husband. Of course. That's how it works. That's how <laughs> And he's not interested in going to Macau, is he? No, he's in the <laughs> Navy. So he's like, how about San Diego? Like, but that's actually, that makes, right that makes all the sense that he was in the Navy. Yeah, no, I, I went to San Diego State University. I, I was an English and Japanese minor, but it, it was, uh, but it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a Navy. There's a lot of Navy guys there. Yeah, it was like shooting fish in a barrel, I told him. I was like, I, was, I loved it. I was like, I just watched the ships come in and I was like, all right, you, you, you. Oh, that's but, funny. Yeah. So in my head, you know, I thought I was going to be like this big world traveling, like wine girl, like flitting yeah. around going to Paris, all this stuff. No, I ended up in San Diego. That's wow. where it stopped. So did you guys live there for a while? We did. It got married, got pregnant, had a kid. Okay. So then once I had my baby, like I'm housebound now and I'm like the most antsy person ever. Like I always need to be on the go. And now I'm like, no, you're not going anywhere. Like you have a baby. You're like in charge of like keeping him alive. So I'm, I'm like in the house all day. And good like for you for your very temperament and stuff to like, you know, <laughs> at least dial it back just for a second. <laughs> so I'm like in the house all day and with like nothing to do in between like feeding and diaper changing schedules and like trying to like take naps here and there. And uh, so I wasn't working in the restaurant anymore because it just was not a good look. Like I'm like, out, I was like out to here, like waddling around yeah, trying to yeah. open wine and everybody was just like pitying me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which it should be like, it should be an acceptable look, but it's actually people are like, what the No, right. like people buy wine on like the illusion of like sexiness. Yeah. And then when you have You're like selling this it, big, yeah. When you have this big pregnant girl like hoofing around, like just struggling <laughs> on her belly to open your wine bottle at your table, I get it. Yeah, it's not the night it. you want to have. Yeah. It's like instant birth control. I get it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> You're probably gonna switch to water. Like I get it. I wasn't mad at anybody. So then I was working. I went back to doing document review and like drafting up contracts and stuff like that online as an attorney. And then like, you know, I would take care of my baby. So then I started talking to my dad and my dad's like going over his retirement and his bucket list and stuff like that. And he's like, he's going through all the stuff he wants to do. And so like, we were talking about safaris. We're talking about all this crazy stuff, like a bed and breakfast, like all this stuff. And then he mentioned like, he wanted to start a barbecue restaurant or like a food truck. And I'm like, okay, now that's something, that's something cool. Like, I was like, okay, dad, I feel your spirit. I like that. Okay. Yeah. And so we, so we're getting down to it. We're talking about it. And then we realized like neither one of us knows how to like barbecue for the masses. Like we can barbecue for ourselves, yeah, yeah. but 
barbecue for the masses, neither one of us knew how to like work the back end of the restaurant to do that and like how to do all that it's stuff. A lot, and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and get our recipes down that like people would like. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to look into it because we need to be able, like, in case all of our workers like walk out and quit, we need to be able to handle everything. I was like, I can work front of the house. I've been doing that now for years. Um, I was like, but I don't know back of the house that well. And I was like, I'm a good food runner. And he's, and he's a neuromancer. <laughs> He's in he's in Ohio. Okay, yeah. okay, so, okay, okay. So he was in Ohio. Okay. He's in Ohio, retired Air Force. He retired there. But you so. said that he be eventually moved to New Orleans? No, no, he's from New Orleans. From okay, yeah. okay, uh, okay. Yeah, right. he's from now. New Orleans. Our, our, <laughs> okay. our, most of our family is down there. Okay. And um, so then he was just like he's like okay he's like well let's do this he's like do whatever research you need so then I start watching like all the barbecue shows on tv mm -hmm. and I find out about competition barbecue and I'm like this is a thing like whoa so I'm like watching all this stuff and so then all of a sudden now it's like that's I'm gonna go compete because then we'll know how our barbecue fares yeah, against work, yeah. everybody else but I didn't know that competition barbecue isn't the barbecue you would serve at a restaurant like mm -hmm. I didn't know that yet so that was my mistake yeah. but <laughs> so I I'm like working on names for like my new barbecue persona all this stuff and then I start researching the pitmasters I see on tv and I find out that Harry Sue is in Diamond Bar California so I'm just like oh ah. that's great I'm in San Diego I can go Not up there too far yeah, so I take I take time off of work and I drive I enroll in his class and I drive up there and I'm just like sweating bullets. I'm so nervous and I'm just like, oh no, you know, I'm gonna be like made fun of, you know, these people, whatever. But I was like, whatever, I'm gonna do it. I'm here now. So I like walked into I walked into his house into his backyard and like there he is, just like standing there. And I'm just like, whoa, like I didn't even have time to like prepare myself. And you and had seen him on shows, so yeah. Yeah, I just seen him on TV. And he was the sweetest, nicest, most welcoming person ever. And he was like, hey, you know, he's like, have a seat, let's do this. He gave me my little apron, like, so I'm feeling all official. And like I and didn't know there was this connection. This is great. Yeah. And I was the only, I was the only female that was in the class. And so I was like a little kind of nervous, but everybody was so nice to me. And everybody were all just talking, and it was just so cool. And then um, I was talking to one of the other guys because like he and his son had competed, uh, had they had been to one competition. So I was like asking him what that was all about. And he was like telling me. And so then when Harry got started, he was like, so how many of you guys are, you know, backyard warriors? How many of you guys are competing? And I didn't raise my hand for either one. I was just like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, here for I'm here for the pork bellies. <laughs> but no, so, so then the guy next to me, he was like, you, he's like, you, you compete. You said you're going to compete, like raise your hand. And I was like, oh crap. And he's like, do it. So I like raised my hand. And so then Harry came over and he's like standing in front of me. And he's like, oh, he's like, you, you have a competition team. And I'm just like, yeah. And he's like, what's the, what's its name? What's your team name? And I'd never said it before out loud or anything. And so I like stood up and I was like, it's blue smoke Blair. And like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it took all my courage to even do that. And when I did that, like, I felt the change. I felt the energy. Wow. And, that like, was I, the moment. Yeah. And I've told people before, like, I knew that I had just breathed life into whatever this was going to be it was happening right here at Harry Sue's porch. At Harry Sue's diving bar. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so then like after the class, I got, he taught me so much. Like I couldn't even believe it, it was one day, but he taught me more. Yeah, I've heard I, that it's, there's it, so much information. Yes. It's intense. 
and but he gives he has like already pre-made booklets of everything that he says so you know like you can go back and he's like take pictures of everything do whatever you need to do and I still use his techniques today wow and because it was it was basically like barbecue bible for me and so then I signed well, I'll up put a link one. below to his class because that's like, yeah. I know he's doing yeah. them in person again a lot so. yeah if he's doing them I I suggest anybody that can get there do it cool. and like for what you learn he's undercharging like yeah. well, his brain his brain is he's thinking of six thousand things at once at yes. all times like if yes. there's one way to do something he has 45 ways to do something. <laughs> it's so true he's a mad scientist yes he, he is. is and he's worked so hard to make it so simple to mm-hmm. teach and that's yeah, yeah. mad respect right there he cares because, yeah because you could you can like make it where people feel like oh i'll never be able to do what you do he's a complete opposite yeah. he's like i've done this so many times here's the easy way of doing mm-hmm. it and that's yeah. really cool that somebody would do that for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you, so yeah. did you compete? Did you then compete right after that, or how? Yeah. So, so I signed up. I I was in like some chat rooms or something, and they were like, "Oh, you have to sign up for competitions because they like you. They sell out fast, and you won't get a spot." So me, I overdo it. I signed up for like four competitions back to back. You're like me. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so how did that go? Yeah. Luckily. I didn't go to any of them. We went directly into the pandemic and the shutdown. So they were all like canceled. So then uh, I ended up just like cooking at home and practicing, just using Harry Sue's book nonstop, like reworking things. Cause now I had time on my hands. Uh, and now at this point, my husband was about to retire. So we decided to move the family back to Yellow Springs, Ohio. So I'm just like sitting there, you know, with, with a baby now he's like two and we're in the house all day. So I'm just like cooking. And then I get on Instagram and I start connecting with barbecue people. Now they're, they're telling me things like on how Instagram barbecue works. And uh, there was this guy named Ted. He's still one of my really good friends, frozen smoke. He's from Alaska. Okay. And like, we were, we were just in like a group together big burly guy too, like mountain man. And we're, we're, yeah, we're like chatting all day. We're like, you know, DMing each other all day, like sending barbecue shots and pictures and stuff like that. But he like, he taught me so much of how Instagram works and how Instagram barbecue works. Like, I didn't know what a hashtag was. Like, I didn't know why people kept putting those on their photos. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious. Yeah, no, there's a learning curve. There's definitely a learning curve. Oh, it was like, (laughs) and so I, you know, I, I end up, I'm talking to Ted all the time and He's just like telling me how to do Instagram and how to make it good and how to take better photos. My friend Smokey Q, he started a barbecue pitmaster chat group and then we do Zooms. So that got us through the pandemic. Oh, that's fun. Every, oh, that's... oh yeah. Every Thursday we're having like barbecue happy hour, you know? Oh, that's great. And it, it got us all through. It got us all through the pandemic together. And it was talking about barbecue and having fun and just like what you do and, you know, were what you're you doing, doing little pop? Because I've noted, like, have you, were you starting to do pop-ups at all or was it? Not at all. Like I was still just like trying to like put my Weber together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was using my dad's pit boss because like, I didn't, I didn't even like know exactly what I was doing. I was still starting like forest fires. So, <laughs> so yeah. So my dad was like, use my pellet grill, baby girl. He's like, you won't catch this one on fire. So I was like, okay, all right, dad. He's like, stop messing with charcoal right now. Uh, <laughs> but then, so then how did you get on? the food so is that how so is this yeah this is the route that's how it happens so then one day um i'm going through instagram and i see like there's like a second inbox of like i guess people who you're not friends with that try to you 
And so I didn't know that request or something like that or something. Yeah. 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 So I didn't know that existed. And I went in there and I had all these messages and I'm just like, you know, half of them were like fake and whatever. But then there was one in in like the title. She was like, hello, I'm a casting producer and I saw your page. So I'm like, okay, let's see what this is. So I open it up. I open it up. I'm like, I'm not sending nudie pics. I'm not sending like stop. Usually that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. It's usually like, can you send for me, me for me? It's like, like wanting someone wanting to marry me from like another country. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm sure. I'll reach out. Yeah. What's your social security number? Yeah. I you, <laughs> you need me to wire transfer yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, but, you're... yeah. Not today. But yeah. So, so I, I read the message and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But then they asked for like a Skype interview and I'm like, aha, I knew you were a scammer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. yeah, I got you strong against crime. <laughs> but no, so then I screenshot it and I sent it to my pitmaster, my pitmaster group. And I was like, hey guys, I got this. It's probably a scam. What are you guys thinking? And then one of the guys in the group, he's like, no, he's like, this is real. He's like, I worked with them on a show. Um, I wasn't able to do it because of my time commitment, but this oh. is real. You need to call her back. You need to like write her immediately if it's not too late. And so now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I write her back, she responds, and then she sets up an interview and she's like, it's it's a barbecue show. You know, we're going to be filming it, judging on what's happening with this pandemic and stuff like that. So I went through that whole interview process and then I didn't hear anything for a huh. year. For a year? But, yeah, but you know, I wasn't mad. I was like, I have all of like 15 followers. Yeah. And like two of them are like my dogs. So I was like, at least I got noticed. Like, that's cool. And so that that really gave me a lot of confidence, like that I was on the right path. And so I just, I started barbecuing. I started going to my competitions and I loved competing. I went all by myself and everybody looked at me like I was crazy because they're like, do you have somebody with you who's going to run? And I'm like, no, I'm here by myself. like wow that's you 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 stand out for sure oh god they were like looking at me like i had six heads like (laughs) they put me right up at the front like not near anybody's nice rvs not by anybody's (laughs) nice girls just like keep an eye on me and make sure that like i didn't set the place on fire and they were like they were like we're just gonna check on you and just like if you need anything let us know and um a lot of barbecue people started coming over and they were just like you know you're by yourself um they're like, this is your first one. And I'm like, yeah, this is my first competition. But, you know, I'm excited. I was sleeping in the back of a truck. Like I rented, I rented like an Enterprise or a U-Haul truck and I was like sleeping in it and like going out and like trimming chicken skins and stuff by a little Coleman lantern and everything. I have a whole <laughs> little setup. Like I was so proud oh of myself. Gosh. Yeah, I was so proud of myself. I thought like, you can tell me nothing. And so they were just like, look, they're like, if you need any help they're like we will help you if you have questions we will help you if you need somebody to run your boxes for you because i didn't think about that like the, the timing in between the boxes and running oh, them and, yeah, 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 yeah. and prepping and so they were like offering me all this help and these are people that didn't know me didn't know anything i was about but they saw that i was here they saw that i was about barbecue and they wanted me to have a successful experience even if i never did it again they wanted to be there for me. And that was so crazy because you don't get that, especially in a competition. Yeah. You wouldn't assume that you, that, that world was like that, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the, and I mean, they were all coming over and they were giving me tips. Like they were telling me like what they do and stuff just to like really help me not like fail my first time out. And so they were like, look, the best thing you can do is your first time. Just don't get disqualified. 
They're like, don't worry about anything else. <laughs> just don't get disqualified. Okay. Make it to the finish line. And I was just like, okay, like I'm going to do it. So I turn it in. We're sitting at the award ceremony. I come in dead last in every category. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Dead last, but I finished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but I that's did a good experience. Myself. Yeah, yeah, you do it by yourself and you and you learn more about the barbecue community and what they're I made like. So yeah. Friends. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I can't wait to go to the next one. Like, this is awesome. Like, you know, I can't wait. And so my next one, um, I brought my mom with me because I was like, okay, I do need help. Like, I can't. That was crazy. I remember I pulled over on the side of the road in Kentucky and I was so exhausted. I just like laid out with like the worst <laughs> migraine ever because I was so exhausted. I was like dehydrated. Like it was just, it was yeah. so much, but I was excited. I didn't care. It was worth it. But yeah. So then as this guy came over to me, this guy from Indiana named Bill, and he's like, Hey, he's like, I saw you in Kentucky. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, um, he's like, I was like, everybody knew who I was by then. And so he was like, Hey, he's like, do you want me to sit with you and like help teach you how to like trim and do stuff like that? And I was like, if you want to, and it's like, like midnight it's a little before midnight and so he sat with me with my little lantern and he he helped me trim all through the night he helped me prep things he was teaching me everything uh his he's thunderhog barbecue okay and we ended up becoming like the best of friends like i talked to him all the time i mean in no other world would he and i be friends but like that's the beauty barbecue yeah barbecue brought us together and now he's one of my best friends and so we're doing great. memphis in may together like oh he's that's amazing. so great yeah and he he became my mentor like and he's just he's guided me through so much and he's like he's like grand champion times a million like he's uh, he's, he's up there but yet he still sat with me and was like i'm gonna help you and you know uh, we're gonna do this together and that's amazing and that means everything. That's that's what barbecue love is about. So it just after that, like I've been hooked on barbecue ever since. Uh, so I don't I keep competing. I don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden in January, I get a phone call and now it's like Food Network. And I'm just like, oh, oh, my God. And they're just like this is 2021, probably. 2021 now. Okay. Yeah. And so they're going through like interviews. They're super intense. And I'm just like, the questions they're asking, I'm like, I'm not good enough. Like, if these are the questions you're asking, like, my answers suck. Like, I was like I'm not good enough. Maybe you guys should just let me die in peace. But, this is, <laughs> but yeah, my, my hopes just, are too high. Please. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I've done too much. Yeah. Like, thank you. I'm sorry for wasting your time. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, and I'm still with my pitmasters chat and they've gotten me to the point where now, like, I'm very confident and very capable and I feel good. I know how to photograph food to, you know, a much better extent. I've not, not like with my fingerprint on the camera, like sending smudge things. I invented filters. Like I always have great <laughs> camera, but, <laughs> but so, um, then they're like, all right, they're like, you're, we're sending you tickets. You're heading down to Austin, Texas. You might be there for up to two months. Uh, you're two not months. Yeah, they're like the filming, and they're like they're like we're not. Uh, you're not a finalist yet. Uh, you're just you're you're a finalist, but you're not guaranteed to be on the show. So I'm just like okay. That's but interesting. I'm like, but I'm like I'm a mom that's been cooped up. Like you want to give me a vacation and put me up in a hotel, like and I get a bed to myself. Like <laughs> yeah, that's gonna yeah that's sign me up. I'll go. I'll, I'll play this game, and so. I was thinking that the show was just like this kind of like 
casual like little competition like I knew it was barbecue I I knew what it was what it was going to be about but I thought it was like an amateur show and then the next thing I know I like I walk I walk into the hotel and the first person I see is Rodney Scott and then I see (laughs) Megan Day yeah and and I'm just sitting there and I'm like wait a second Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, please be judges. Please don't be, you know, competitive. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not against you guys. Yet. I'm not, I'm not cooking against Rodney Scott. Sorry, not yeah. in this lifetime. Never. And that would just like, be a Megan. cruel joke, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, and Megan, you know, I watched Smoke and Ribbons. Like I followed her, like, you know, mm. she, like, she was one of my heroes. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And so then I'm just like sitting there and I call my dad and I'm telling him, I'm like, oh man, I sold wolf tickets that I can't cash. Like I'm in so much trouble right now. I was like, I'm going to go by my middle name so I don't embarrass the family. <laughs> Hopefully nobody watches this. Like I'll be oh, off man. soon. I'll be, I'll be home soon. Like. <laughs> so then did they like, so because it was so up in the air, did they, how did you end up, did you ended they, up getting on the show. It was just yeah. So so then we had like our orientation. They're like, be downstairs at seven oh one a.m. and we're heading out to the set. So I realized that I must be on the show. And then when we got to the set, I saw people that I had seen at the hotel, and they weren't there anymore. Yeah. So I realized like they had made like their selection process, but like oh, nothing okay. was communicated to me or anything like that. So we get on set, and immediately, you know, I'm just in shock because I'm seeing. I've never seen this many cameras in my life. And like, and then it's like, it's in the wild west, you know, it's in like a, a cowboy town, you know, I'm waiting for like tumbleweed and prairie dogs to be sticking their heads up, rattlesnakes, you know? And so I'm just in awe of the set and I'm in awe of like, I mean, it's, it's Hollywood, I guess. It was just like, yeah, I was in Hollywood, awe. Yeah. yeah, I was in awe of what I saw. Cause I had never seen this. And then I thought back to like all the shows I've watched on TV and realizing that this was there too, you yeah. know, and what those people must You don't think through. about it. Yes, yes. You don't think about it. You don't know that there's like 80 million cameras. When you see different angles of a shot, you don't realize yeah. that means there was like 80 million different cameras. And tons of different pointed. people walking around doing a million jobs. Yeah. yeah. Headsets, people running around, you yeah. know. And so I'm just like, I'm kind of like sitting there. And then I see the famous like Food Network clock. And that's when it became real. Like, cause now I'm not in my underwear on my couch, like being, you know, the Monday morning quarterback from the couch, like being like, oh, if I, if I had done that, I would have yeah, done I would've, this. I would have like, added that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see that clock and I realize like that clock's coming from me. Like <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> that yes. clock is for me now. Like I'm, I, that's for me. And so I'm just like looking at it and I'm just like, oh my God, this is unreal. And so nobody's really saying anything, you know, I'm meeting all the other people for the first time, like seeing them and stuff like that. So I'm all excited. I'm like looking at people I know and seeing like who I think I'm going to like get along with, who seems nice, who doesn't seem too nice, who's here to like be a samurai. Yeah. Yeah, Who's here to just like mow me down, you know, (laughs) who's, who's going to make this fun. Who's going to be like, cool. And uh, then all of a sudden, like, they're like, you know, uh, quiet on the set, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they put us where we're supposed to be and I stand. And then all of a sudden, like coming around the corner, I see Bobby Flay. And like, we didn't have an introduction before or anything. They never told you this? 
like I knew he was going to be on the show because they gave us the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. But like I didn't meet him before. You don't meet them like beforehand or anything like that. So the next thing I know, Bobby Flay comes rounding the corner and I just feel like I've stumbled upon a grizzly bear. Like all of a sudden I'm just like, what what do you do? Like, like, like don't make eye contact, look down, like look busy, like try to be invisible, invisibility cloak. Like (laughs) that's hilarious. (laughs) I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, I am, I am starstruck, but I am paralyzed with fear because now it's like somebody who I've seen a million times. Yeah. Yeah. And now like he's in front of me, he's like two feet away from me. And I just, I was so intimidated. Like, I won't lie. I was very intimidated and you could have knocked me over with a feather. Like, I didn't know what to do for the first three days of filming. I did not make eye contact with him. Like I would talk to him, but I would like look down. <laughs> so, you were, so you were team Michael, I mean, you were team uh, Bobby. Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he picked me for his team, which I was like, oh no, why'd you do that? But <laughs> so but it was, it just, was like, Bobby Flay and Michael Simon, right? And Eddie Jackson. Oh, Eddie Jackson too. Yeah, yeah. Who's, yeah. Who seems and, like just the nicest guy too they were all really nice but like I would not make eye contact with Bobby I just like I was just like yes chef yes chef you know like I would cringe if I knew he was like coming over to like check what I was doing because I was like there's no reason in this universe why you should be like eating my food like <laughs> I'm gonna read because I'm watching I want to rewatch this on that, that first day like I was that. trying to make myself yeah. a house plant and I think for like the first six episodes I was a house plant. Like I was just like in the background. But you and, made it through all those, those episodes. Yeah. 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 Like I was just like, I was like, you know, do like prison mentality, like eyes down, don't make noise. Like <laughs> do my job. <laughs> go do to my job. Get out. Start but over. He, he was so sweet. He was so nice. And like he pulled me aside. Well, he pulled all of us aside and he was like talking to us, like kind of like coaching us, like, you know, you're gonna be okay. Cause you know, everybody's like, Rrr. yeah. And then one of the other things that was really intimidating was like almost everybody else had been on a cooking show before. They had been on TV. I think I was the only one that hadn't been on TV before. So they had like this ease and this comfort that I didn't have. Yeah. So well, I and, felt and, like- and a lot of the people that people might know from the, who are watching the show have at least been like running restaurants and had, yes. you know, all the cameras around them a lot yes. or at least the news, like that was. Yes, and I was like, the only camera I've had is my 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 little phone. Yeah, your own. Or like- <laughs> <laughs> and I was new to barbecue. Like I had just started competing the, the year before. So like, I felt like I was fighting a bunch of different internal battles that I had to get over. And then I had to cook. With this process, because obviously you won this and congratulations, but did, what did you what did you take what was the what were like the big takeaway was it that you can't that you can do this like it's right because this is something like you've always had this drive you've always had this i could do whatever like i'm gonna succeed but see what happens like that's but like a lot like to think about going on to a food network tv show a competition barbecue show which you hadn't really (laughs) you know your chops you were just learning (laughs) the barbecue it's almost like it's like wow that's like Oh my god. <laughs> but no, the thing the thing was like for for the first few episodes like I was getting reamed. Like the judging, I mean, they're very honest. And they'll they tell you the good stuff, but they tell you the bad stuff too. And so I was getting reamed and everybody was getting reamed. Yeah, yeah. And um I noticed instantly that a lot of the other contestants were taking it personally. And they were like 
Oh, interesting. They were, they were so invested in what they cooked and how they did it that they really didn't want to take the criticism. And, and they probably are rarely told that they're doing things wrong. Maybe, maybe that's maybe what it I was. don't know. I'm just trying to think of yeah, reasons. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But I noticed that they they didn't handle the criticisms well. Whereas I was like, whoa, like I have these amazing chefs trying my food, and, and they're like they're they're ripping me apart, but they're tell they're telling me how to make it better. It's constructive. And they're teaching me they're teaching me stuff that they've learned like it's taken them their whole lifetime and they're spitting out like these knowledge bombs of like culinary goodness. And I'm just like, Oh wait, I was like, this is good. So I just, I really took, I really took a backseat and I just started listening. And even, you know, they could call me everything but a child of God. I would be like, thank you because I'm going to get better tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I just heard you say. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And so I felt like it was actually really good. And I would listen to everything they said to everybody um, as much as I could hear. Then I got, I got really confident near the middle of the season because I started like realizing like, okay, like you're all right. And, but I looked around and I saw everybody who was there and I was like, I had a, I had a moment where I was like, had to be real with myself. And I was like, here's what you do. And here's what you do well. And you've been up here trying to do what they do. You know, you've been trying to cook the barbecue that they cook. Ah, And that's that's what they do well. That is not who you are. Like you need to be real with yourself. And so I said, I'm just going to cook like I cook at home. I'm going to cook the dishes from my culture, the dishes that we share at my family table that I'm invested in. And if that gets me sent home, okay, but at least I'm going home being real. Mm-hmm. And so I did a complete change. And I was like, I told, I told Bobby, I was like, I'm going to cook the way Erica wants to cook. And he was like, you know why I did so well in my career? He's like, I only cooked what I knew. Mm. I didn't try to cook outside of myself. I only cooked what I knew. And it was like karate kid. Like all of a sudden, yeah. like I heard it <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, cook what you know. But that's great advice. That's really good advice. And it's like trying to, and it's it's hard to find your own voice or your own place or your own footing in a lot of things. And then you just kind of felt that at that moment. That's a shift too. That was another shift. It's a huge shift. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna cook from my cultures. I'm gonna cook from my heritage. I'm gonna cook the stuff that we've been cooking for years. And that's it. And all of a sudden I started busting out like dishes that me and my family made. And the next thing you know, like all of a sudden I'm winning best dish of the day. I'm winning best bite. Like I'm advancing. And so I was just like, oh my God. I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. And so then the finale, like I, I was the last person standing on my team and Bobby didn't steal anybody. Cause you were allowed to steal somebody. He didn't steal anybody. He was like, it's just going to be you and me kid. He's like, we're going to do this. And I was like, are you sure? Like a, it's like a movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't want to. So then I had the pressure. I was like, I don't want to be known as the girl that yeah, got really. sent home on his own show. Like, <laughs> and then like, it was, it was funny because we had to run to the pantry. It was, t- it was timed. And what people didn't know, the pantry is first come first serve. So when it's gone, it's gone. Oh, wow. So you got to run and get there. And so one day I remember I, I really needed some seafood and I'm just like planning with my little bus tub, like how I'm going to get there. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like running for my life and behind me is Eddie Jackson. And I like, at the moment, the absurdity of it all just had me cracking up. I was like, on what planet is like my non-athletic self trying to outrun an NFL player? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's, what are you, what, what are you 
doing? Do you really think you have a chance? Like he's he got, why he was he why was he was he on his own? I'm he is cool. So he had he was down to I think two more two contestants. Okay. And he has he has uh he does I think it's like Rose Hill Beer Garden, like this yeah. really cool complex. That's like what he does um in Houston. So I was I was trying to go see him, but he was in Utah. So I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I was like, I'll catch you on the next one. Well, why was but, he run, why was he running for food? Was he running because he was, had Bob, was Bobby was Bobby he, running too for food? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I not should I not put that in there? <laughs> like Eddie is so like such a like so he's hands on like he was super hands. Yeah, he's like a born competitor. Yeah, so he's like life, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm going to get to that pantry. I'm going to get the best food for my team. Okay, that's why it makes sense. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm sitting there and I like, I look back and I'm like, why am I trying to outrun Eddie Jackson? Like, oh. girl, stop. Like, <laughs> I'll spoil it for anybody that hasn't watched, but you won this. <laughs> and, so and I, I, want, ended up, I, I ended up winning. Yeah, you ended up winning, which, yes. how, how did that, how did that feel? Because I want to get into the, um to the stuff that you're doing with the smoke sheet and with Connor yeah. and his uh, so I ended up winning. It was surreal. I waited because I thought maybe I was hallucinating and had like a psychotic break and really I of didn't course. win. So they had to like say it twice. <laughs> That's awesome. So great. <laughs> because I really believed that I was hallucinating and that I didn't win. And like, maybe like I just finally had a break with reality. <laughs> so does that, what does that do for you? Like, does that give you a lot more notoriety? Do you have to do it interviews does. and things and I did. So I did, I did, I did the interview circuit and they did a digital show with me for the summer with like oh, little cool. barbecue hacks. And I got the title of master of Q. And so I was like, what can I do with this to like really stay true to how I started in barbecue and spread barbecue love. Yeah. And I was like, I, I want to use this platform to become a really good barbecue ambassador and share other people's stories and uplift them. Perfect. And that's how the pit stop started. Okay. And then, so, and for people that might not know, Ara, and it, is it how you, Malak, uh, how you pronounce Malakian? his last name? Yeah. And actually, I think he was from, because JC Reed uh, from the Houston Chronicle, he told me that I think Ara uh, lived in Los Angeles at one point because there he was a point. All the Wolfgang Pucks. He was like the executive chef. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've been, we've been trying to go back and forth to interview for four years now, but I, yeah, I just know he's a, he's a, unique, yeah, he's just a unique human and he's that's an he, understatement. Yeah. He's like the he's most interesting man in the world. So interesting. And so that was, so you met him on the show and through that you met Connor from Audrey yeah. and then you also met uh, the guys from uh, smoke sheet smoke sheet and that's uh Sean and Ryan yeah. Okay. yeah and then I asked them I said hey I was like I'm getting in my RV I want to take a tour uh do a barbecue tour because I want to you know interview pitmasters and stuff like that and they were like I was like can we work together and they were like this would be great and I asked them I said can I be a correspondent for the smoke sheet and they were like of course you yeah, can awesome. and they were like they're like, can you make it down to Houston? And I was like, sure, I will drive down to Houston. And after that, like the Houston community just opened up so much and they've been so warm and so inviting and just like letting us into, you know, their lives. Like they're, they're unfiltered and they share everything. And then they and those food. people are just, yeah, like the people across the United States, barbecue people are some yeah. of the best people on the planet. Yeah, we're going but, out to Kansas City. We're going to do the Midwest next. Like, nice. Well, let's let's even amazing. without without spoiling too much about the Houston trip, because that's those videos will be coming. They're, yeah, they are. They're being kind of you know crafted properly. Connor but, is editing them right now. <laughs> and Connor. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Connor because I, I I was working on a project about why barbecue is so special, and he edited a story about him and his dad going to Corkscrew, 
and mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. And he's becoming better and better and better. Oh, I love at, him. At, at, at editing and in storytelling. Like he's really, not that he wasn't good before, but he's great now. But it's, but, it's all a learning process. And now yeah, he's all like, life is, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah he's, he's crushing it. it. And so, so <laughs> give me, give us a little taste of how we went to what, 16 places? How many places did you go? 17. 17. Between all of us, we went to 17. Uh, yeah, I am going to get on my Peloton after this to try and lose the 15 I gained. Yeah, but there's a lot of, this sort of paleo, right? A little bit of paleo yeah, diet. Definitely caveman diet. <laughs> so, so you guys, at, at each spot, it was a chance for you, especially, and you were the host, right? You're the, yes. yeah, okay. And you were able to talk to, you know, everyone from. Everybody. Yeah. And we, and we made sure this season uh, is going to focus a lot on just like fellowship and, you know, like being together. And it was great because not only is it just the interview, but then like, you know, we had people from the community come out. We never turned anybody away. We were like, pull up a chair, come mm-hmm. eat with us. And we, I mean, we literally had barbecue Thanksgiving twice a day, every day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was, and it's like everyone from writers to people that are just in the, in the, in the community Instagram that- came that I, that maybe I and you would know, but people that just, you know, that love that, that kinship, that fellowship. Yeah. That's. And I mean, people just came out and, you know, we never, we never said anything. We're like, pull up a chair. Like, let's talk, let's eat. Make sure you make sure you get a plate. Like, and it was, it was just, it was barbecue at its finest. That is so great. And so do you know, like, so then this, when, when roughly do you guys feel like these maybe are they gonna be dropping like one at a time kind of thing is yeah that i think i think yeah. right now we're gonna we're gonna drop one at a time and but makes, some so of the makes more sense some of the episodes will be like two parters mm-hmm. and so we're gonna drop one at a time and we're gonna have them go all the way through the summer so that there nice. will be something for people to see and for people to go yeah. like that and i'll put I'll, and i'll share like and, and if anybody is watching this they want that's I'll, I'll put links below to everything and then once you know follow my follow all of our instagrams and everything because they'll be uh you guys will be promoting it like crazy because it'll, oh, yeah. be, it'll be something that's fun for people and interesting and it's like a glimpse you guys saw saw things that a lot of people wouldn't see and yeah and it's sides of- because we see we just see the human side of these yeah. pitmasters, and you know they're small business owners mm-hmm. and they have a dream and they're in there every day working so hard mm-hmm. to make sure that they keep that dream alive and to share it with other people. Yeah, and, and that they have consistent food. Part. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's not easy to do it every day. People don't realize like, it's easy to do it once. Not easy, but it's- <laughs> like, it's... come back next month. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have Bobby Flay, who's, who's making them a little bit nervous, but- <laughs> Do you ever, do you, here's a question. Do you ever talk to Bobby Flay? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> I talked to Michael Simon a lot. Really? Um, fellow Ohioan. So, you know, we yeah. like, we're trading barbs about the bangles, you know. Have you been to Mabel's? <laughs> huh? Have you been to his place, Mabel's barbecue? I went to the one in the airport. There was one in the Cleveland airport. Oh yeah, I remember And I that. went to that one some years back. So, and then I think, I think, I was going to go to the one in, he had like something in Michigan, I think at one point, like yeah. outside of Detroit, but I never went to it. So I'm interested to see what concept he's coming but up with. He has with Cleveland. Him. He has in Cleveland. He has. Oh yeah. yeah he, like he, he, wipe, he wipes up in Cleveland. Like he yeah. is Cleveland. Barbecue. He's proud. He's really proud yeah. of yeah. Cleveland. And, it, and it's nice to. Like I think Lola, I think at one of his restaurants. Yes, I think Lola. Like yeah. I went, I believe I did go to Lola like some years back. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I did. He had a show. I, this I is like, 
he had a show because he was an iron chef he had a show this is i don't even know if he's even if you could even find it but it was like him in a like a almost like a black room with a couple like sous chefs and it was him showing how you do an iron chef meal like it was almost like how like the behind the scenes that's cool it was was so amazing it was so amazing but it was like I don't know. I was married at the time. So it was like 10 years ago, 12 years. <laughs> 700. It was 700. We're find it in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, it was summer, but, but yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. But this, you, I'm excited. I'm really excited for your path. And we could talk on for probably two more hours. And, and there's things, and like I said, we should do a part two. Maybe after the summer, yes. after yes. these are out, we could talk again and kind of see yes. how, how you're feeling and, and like what you've done. Cause I'm sure. By the end there's of summer. so much there's so much in the pipelines right now yeah. so yes busy busy that's <laughs> so what are all the best ways for people to follow you and and get a I'm hold the of most you? responsive on instagram that's where you can always find me so if you just go to blue smoke blair that's me okay cool. and i respond to everybody as long as it's not something creepy <laughs> <laughs> and if you're okay yeah talk to everybody <laughs> that's cool and, and then and then you have also have a, your website is blue smoke, blue smoke blair. Blair. Com. and you'll be having looks like you're going to have sauces and yes they just came in so they are in the warehouse right now i am so excited we've been working on that for a year and a half cool that's and we use we use a local we use a local cold packer like i wanted to make sure i support my community nice so i'm super stoked and uh I got some stuff in the works that's going to be coming out. Uh, you, I, I can, I'm, a, I'm guessing you have a book coming out someday. You have no, to have no, a book. No, 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 no. I always, I always do a cookbook with my barbecue group. So that's the only book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think there's like a book about your life. Like this is the, the attorney, the, 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 the public defender that goes to the food network and then has a traveling barbecue show. There's something. How, to, how to never commit to anything until... Yeah. Who, who, who also maybe you know as a sommelier too that's like yeah the hardest like that like what was harder passing the bar or passing the sommelier that's my last question for you it, it was it was the psalm exam like I didn't cry when I passed the bar exam I was like Whoa, okay when I passed the psalm exam I walked outside of the building in Arkansas and I started crying oh, because uh, it, it meant everything to me mm-hmm. and it was crazy hard. Yeah, and, because you have to be able to identify oh, yeah. a grape from a region and like it's like, like down to the part, soil, yeah, the down soil, to the like soil and to the vintage and it's all on you. There's nobody to help you. Uh, what do and you think too? Like you. you, like I hate to like even bring up COVID, but for people that had COVID and can't taste, and they're sommeliers. How does that? Well, that was my biggest fear because I was like, oh my God, if I catch, well, so we have a big thing in the Psalm community. Like you don't want to catch a MRSA infection because that can take away your sense of smell and taste and that you're out oh, of a career. Yeah. You're out of a career because now you're just faking it. Yeah. Or and, just, or just think if you were like a, a month off from taking the exam and you got COVID and you, well, they, they say, they say that there's a, we call it the Psalm flu and it's your nerves. And you'll see people at the exam, they catch psalm flu. And also they were perfectly fine the day before. And now they have the worst head cold. Uh, and it's like legit, it's all in their head though. Of course. And they actually cannot smell, cannot taste, their nose is stuffed up and it's called psalm flu. And wow, it's all in your head. And it's because of your nerves. Yeah, and the show is the power of like, of your mind and the power oh, yeah. of, and and you could you could you could force yourself to, to, to think or do all the same. That you're like, sick. Wow, but that's amazing. I'll tell you the one coolest thing that I'm bummed about when I was pregnant, 
I had a nose like a bloodhound and like, cause I couldn't drink the wine. I was still in my wine study group. I could smell it and I knew exactly what it was and everything. Like my nose has never been that good. And I just, I can't get it back. Oh, that's <laughs> I would, I would have passed that exam in flying covers without ever having even tasted wine. Oh, that's my nose amazing. was that good. Have a great one. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.